We, we throw our kids into warrior type situations all the time and, and they are not ready to fight those battles. And then we wonder, what happened? Why did they walk away from the Lord? Why, how did someone get to them? How did they believe that? I never trained them. Yeah, you didn't train that. You threw them into a battle that they were ill-equipped and not ready to fight. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective and sharing the truth found in Scripture to help set people free. I'm your co-host, Amber Archer, and joining me is my husband, Mixmaster Mark. I'm here with my (laughs) buttons today. If you're just joining us, welcome. We are so glad you're here Uh, on the show. We share a lot about current events to help keep you informed as to the battles we're facing when it comes to protecting the most vulnerable among us, our children and our families. Um, We are neck deep in research and production of our next documentary film, Dysphoria, a look at the transgender movement and how it's destroying lives. But there is hope found only in Jesus Christ. So we're excited to be wrapping up those interviews for Dysphoria this month to get set for the premiere release at our inaugural Fearless Features War Room Summit next June 8th and 9th near the Houston, Texas area. Uh, Final arrangements and details are still being put together, but you can sign up to be the first to know when tickets go on sale for this premiere event. Visit dysphoriamovie.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up. And if you'd like to learn more about us and help bring this film to completion and break through the censorship, we are still fundraising as we go. Our movies are for the people by the people. We are 100% donor funded so the truth can be shared without compromise. Our latest film, The Mind Polluters, is still being shown across the country to crowds both large and small and is available on our website for streaming rental or DVD. All sales help support our filmmaking ministry, so be sure to pick up your hard copy that can't be censored or canceled at fearlessfeatures.org. Is it my turn now? It's your turn now. Okay. Give daddy some shit! Oh, my word. (laughs) (laughs) I had to get through all the updates and everything going on. It's lengthy sometimes. It's lengthy. I'm all like, blah, 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 blah. And she's talking, and I'm going, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Because you just want to get to your buttons. Right. I just love my buttons. Inconceivable! Uh So, what do we got to talk about today? A lot. (sighs) <sighs> Wait, we have good news. Okay, good news. We do have good news. I have an update. I originally got this update from One Million Moms, mm-hmm. which is where I first saw the petition. There was an online petition that you could sign to get Disney to pull Little Demon. Mm-hmm. Remember a week or so ago, we played the trailer for Little Demon about, which is a an animated series. Uh that Disney was producing to air on its FX network Mm -hmm. about a teenage girl who realizes that she's the Antichrist. Right, because who's her dad? Her dad is Satan. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so we played the teaser for that, and it's been canceled. Yeah. And I I, I saw this on One Million Moms. I actually signed the, the petition, and then I saw an update from One Million Moms, and then I confirmed it on the Gateway Pundit Mm -hmm. that it has, that Disney has decided to to cancel production of the show. It's funny because there were a couple other ones that uh, 
Oh, well, it reminds me of the uh, bros who was lashing out at. Oh, yes. <laughs> all the conservatives and, uh, and straight people because they weren't going to see his movie. Yeah, well, we were going to talk about bros uh, before, but we can get we have time to get to it now. OK, you want to you want you want to get. I, to this? Oh, well, I didn't. OK, go ahead. I've I'll, got, I'll find the article. OK, so bros, if you're not familiar, is uh, well, OK, so if you have small children in listening listening range Vicinity. you might want to pause or you know put on the ear pods or something um i'm gonna play the teaser for bros now this is a decidedly pro homosexual film okay uh-huh. that was well we'll play the teaser and then we can give an update on how the film has done okay, <laughs> okay. here we go this is the teaser for bros Hey guys, it's Bobby Lieber coming to you from the future home of the LGBTQ Plus Museum. Everyone is really excited and totally getting along. This happens to be Bisexual Awareness Week and no one has acknowledged it. Lesbian History Month was in March. Nobody said a thing. Of course, lesbians get a month and we get a week. Notice the music. So what's happening? Did uh-huh. you guys have an announcement? This is a little unexpected, but we are in a thruple situation. Yes. You're in a thruple? Oh, Let me tell you what's progressive now. Being alone. I love my life. I love my freedom. I love my independence. That's kind of sad. That I don't want to be in a thruple. I don't even want to be in a couple. Freedom. Bobby, I had sex with that 65-year-old. He's ripped. I know. It's like they injected steroids into Dumbledore. Oh, my Aaron. He's very hot. Gay guys are so stupid. I know. But we've been smart enough to brand ourselves as being smart. It's our little secret. You met a guy? I don't think I'm his type. He's like gay Tom Brady. What are you into? One of these ripped idiots with no opinions? No, I like someone who's physically very frail and won't stop talking. I bet he's as intimidated by you as you are by him. I'm down for whatever. Yeah, I can do whenever and I can do whatever. Cool. Whatever, whenever. GIF of Michael Scott dancing. Office GIF? This person isn't gay. I need you to be honest with me. You like these growy meathead idiots. Oh, look, they're fighting. You like that? Hey. I can be tough oh, like your you boys. Like oh, that's what you like. Oh, 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 hey, no, what's going on? Oh, that's cool. How about it? They're making out in the park. Yeah. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Now I have to go to a Pride party and you're both too old to be in the pool. Please leave. People are threatening to boycott the museum. You can't say Lincoln was gay. If we don't do this, we're letting the heterosexual terrorists win. There are trans terrorists too. Caitlyn Jenner. You're so different from me. You're very intense. I like to keep things chill. I can be chill. Just like a manly man. What's up? What's up? I got you. Yeah. You don't need some help here. Oh, okay, oh, I'm gonna need some help here, bro. What is going on with you? My whole life, I prided myself on being self-reliant, but this guy has gone into my head. Maybe you're both bottoms and that's the problem. Bottom day! Bottom day! Yeah. Gay sex was more fun when straight people were uncomfortable with it. You guys remember straight people? Yeah, they had a nice run. What you think? Doesn't it sound like something you'd want to go see? Like a straight person? Don't you want to go see that? Because you, you're a dinosaur, right? Honestly. We had a good run as straight people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting, this article, and we'll share it, put it in the show notes. It was from The Blaze. Liberal Billy 
I think it's Eichner, lashes out at straight people after his LGBTQ movie Bros flops. Idiot! Blames homophobia for abysmal box office opening. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just, we went, I went through and I read this. And so he's this, the lead role and mm-hmm. the director. Um, yes. <laughs> well, I, I just. Lead on, lead on. Duh, Ashley. Let's hear some more. All right. This, this guy's a genius. Well, and we talked about this earlier because, um, you know, they've, culture mm-hmm. has insulated them to think that everything that they believe is right. Oh, yeah. And, and that everybody and else. And that they're the majority. That everybody else believes like they believe. Right. So when something like this happens, mm-hmm. your initial response is to lash out. Right. Right, because now you're not making all the money that you were promised, that people told you you're just the wonder kid. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about an echo chamber. Yeah. Gay Hollywood is the ultimate echo chamber <laughs> because they do not think that anything outside of their little gay gaydom exists. Yeah. So it says, the article says, despite massive promotion from legacy media and overwhelmingly glowing reviews from critics, bros flopped. Eichner's LGBTQ movie debuted to an abysmal 4.8 million at the box office, despite playing in 3,350 theaters nationwide. Well, I think he had like, what did he have? A $2 million budget? Uh, oh, no, it was more than that. It was, uh, oh, it was 10 or 15 million. It was, it was, I mean, it was not by, by Hollywood standards, not a huge budget, but, um, it was significant. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Um, yes, it was. It was $22 million. Yeah. Eichner's movie that he wrote and starred in had a production budget of $22 million. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Yeah. And, and honestly, uh, you know, and I... <clears throat> just based on the trailer, and I'm looking at it going, I'm not sure where you put $22 million because... Yeah, I don't know. Gayness, straightness, all that aside, you have no one in it that anyone's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what did you do with $22 million besides make this terrible... Everyone told them they were wonderful. Hey, what happened? <laughs> yeah. So what happened? It it completely flopped? Yeah. Uh, like other like other things? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, but anyway. Go on, what else you got? Okay, so anyway... I, oh, and I just want to apologize to everybody who listens first thing in the morning, because... I know that you listen. <laughs> that you had to suffer through that. Yeah, that. Uh, I think it's. I think it's hysterical how it, it's like, um, you know, and we talk about movies a lot here, right? That's what uh-huh. we do. Yeah. Um, and a film like that, that if you just if you back up just from a critical standpoint. What you have done there? What what's the director's name? Writer director uh, Billy um, Billy Eichner. Eichner. Okay. Yeah, Billy Eichner. So what Billy has done is he has written and directed what is obviously a niche film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now niche films have a definite audience, but you have to understand who that audience is. You could say that we make niche films. Yep. We're not concerned about a certain segment of the population. Because, you know, if they're left-leaning, I'm, I'm not trying to convince left-leaning people with what we do. They, they will not listen. And so what we're trying to do is wake up the church, wake mm-hmm. up the people who are kind of on the fence, right? That's, that's what we mean by a, 
a niche film. Yeah. Uh, it's not like, um, you know, making a, a Marvel film where it's just supposed to be a fun adventure for all ages. <laughs> right. And so what he's done is he's made something that is specifically catered to not just gay people, but militantly gay people. Well, I think the other hysterical thing that I pointed out, I mean, it's not hysterical. It's really sad that I don't know out of the, I don't even know what the percentage is, uh, five or 7% of the population identifies as gay or trans Mm. or whatever. Well, how many of those are kids underage? Yeah. You know, a lot of them right now. So I don't know, like if you really (laughs) Look at the numbers. Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They don't have any money to go to the movie theater. <laughs> right. I don't know. Uh, so uh, it, it's, it's somebody, somebody should have pointed this out to him. Right. But just because don't, and just to, to balance it, don't think that just because the film is a flop at the box office, that it means that it's a, never going to make any money. Oh, Right. The it will make its money back eventually. Shelf life for films, streaming, and yeah, DVD and yeah. television and all. It'll it'll find some money somewhere. So that's why they keep making these because mm-hmm. eventually they make it back. But the director was, you know, wildly um, out of line thinking that that was going to be some big hit. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. So let's now let's talk about our movies. Oh, okay. So we've got um, some audio here from uh, a friend of ours, Micah Beckwith, who was on the podcast several months ago. Mm-hmm. And we interviewed him uh, a few weeks ago, and we're asking him about uh, what, what advice he would give for other pastors and, and because showing. He, because he's a pastor. Right. Down in Noblesville. Life Church in Noblesville. Mm-hmm. And Micah was the first pastor mm-hmm. in the entire country to say, yes, I will run the Mind Polluters. And in fact, that is where the premier screening of the Mind Polluters took place. Yep. Was at Life Church in Noblesville, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so in hindsight for us, that's meaningful because of how many pastors have said no and how many church bodies have said, no, we just don't want to really talk about this. So we've got some audio from Micah talking about the importance of showing films like the well, Polluters. Well, and, and can I just say before you play that, and while we were just sitting here, we, we get messages all the time. People send us emails and, and things. And somebody from Virginia says, wow, the mind polluters waking Virginia up. Um, so there was a screening just last night of the mind polluters. And, uh, she goes on to say, it is everything you literally connected all the dots. Virginia has been clueless about, and we are trying to wake them up. And so I am, I am so excited every time we get an email like that Mm -hmm. and, and people are letting us know how they're using the mind polluters and what it's doing for them in their area. So be sure to check out the Mind Polluters. Hallelujah. All right, mm-hmm. let's hear from Micah Beckwith. One of the reasons I jumped at the chance to show the Mind Polluters at our church is because I know the battle that we're in. I feel like the Lord has given me a little bit of the spirit of the sons of Issachar, where they know the sons of Issachar uh, in, in Scripture are said to have known the times, and they could interpret those times. And so when I found out a little bit about what the Mind Polluters was and what you were addressing and how you were coming at this, this uh, topic— I knew the times 
the times where the devil is warping identity. He's, he's, he's getting people to believe something about who they are that's not true. And so your movie exposed that. The Mind Polluters is all about the next, that sexualization and the, the, the warping of our, of our next generation and, and what they believe. And, and so when I was approached, um, I, I said, yeah, I'm willing to take a chance on that. And, and, you know, it's discernment a little bit. Like, you know, and I researched you guys and, and, and you know, saw everything that I was seeing was aligning with biblical, a biblical worldview. And I was like, we've got to show this. And we've got we've to educate, again, going back to education, we've got to educate our people what we're up against. Um, another movie we just showed recently was um, Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? We showed it at church on a Sunday night. And some people were like, why are you showing that at church? I said, because I want to know, I want our people to know what we're up against and what the devil is doing with warping the minds, polluting the minds of the next generation. And we had about 160 people at that one. We had a good turnout. I don't remember exactly the number at yours, at the mind polluters. But in both cases, I remember people walking out saying, wow, I didn't know that that was really happening in our culture. I'm so thankful that I was educated, that I learned that. Now I know how to battle that. And how do you battle that? Again, going back to what I said earlier, you speak out truth. Okay, You know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You gotta know it first. And that's what I love about mind polluters. That's what I love about, about you and Mark and is you guys are doing incredible work to get people to the place where they can know the truth. And then the truth will begin to set people free. You'll, be see, you'll, you'll start to see chains fall off, addiction uh, suppressed. You'll start, to, you'll start to see bondage uh, be released. Uh, like people will be released from their bondage. And, but it all starts with knowing the truth. And, and so when I heard about the mind polluters and, and I was like, we, this is gonna help us know the truth. So I appreciate what you guys are doing and how you're doing it because you're doing it in such an excellent way, uh, an informative way, but also in a powerful way. You are inspiring many people to know the truth. And we're gonna see that truth set millions and millions of people free. There you go. I, I, I thought it was so ironic there while we were sitting there talking to him, because as we're working on dysphoria, of course, mm-hmm. we were interviewing him for dysphoria. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he knew, uh, you know, it's not like he sat and he's looking at the poster and we said, hey, this is what we're doing or anything like that. But on the, the, the poster for dysphoria, it's the truth will. And it, it says ruin the experiment, but it's crossed out and it says set you free mm-hmm. because there's two there's two different um quotes in that one in that one picture right because the one quote is from the crazy doctor who says that it's nurture over nature and you can john money you can be anybody you want Mm -hmm. but it's christ who says the truth will set you free i think i was just reading it this morning in in john eight i think it is yep and and you'll learn about dr john money when you see dysphoria Mm -hmm. when it comes out next june um it's interesting too because then we asked him to talk about uh, kind of the state of the church and waking up pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an interesting quote here. I've been I just started reading Eric Metaxas's new book called "Letter to the American Church," um, and I want to read just a quote out of here from page thirteen. It says God expects those who have a voice to speak out for those who do not. 
who most of all tend to be the poorest among us. So if we as Christians see Marxist policies being proposed and enacted, which we certainly know may crush the poor into the dust for generations, shall we be silent lest someone accuse us of being political? Or worse, quote, a member of the religious right? Is that all it takes for the forces of evil to crush the poor in our time? Mm. While you were just reading that, it made me think of, what were we just watching? And they were talking about um, Germany and the the churches. Oh, and, that, and, I think that was, was the that? Uh, the the border battle documentary oh, series yeah, that we were uh, watching on... Um, Salem on now. Salem now, it, uh, Turning Point USA, their new their new um, documentary series, docu series that they have. Yeah, uh, it's great. I would highly recommend it to anybody. We'll leave a link to it in the show notes. Um, it, but, was, it was the, th- the third episode, I think, or second second third episode where they were interviewing the pastor from Cuba. Oh yes, mm-hmm. he was talking about that because that is Cuba is a communist country. Mm-hmm. And, and the, well, when he was talking about the Jews would be on the train cars mm-hmm. heading to the concentration camps and the churches would sing louder, just ignore them, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't want to get involved in the in the quote 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 unquote politics of it. Yeah. And so what do you do? Mm-hmm. You you know what's happening and you're turning you're turning your backs on these people who yeah. need help. Yeah. So I want to read something else, too, before we set up this next segment with Micah, um, because he's going to reference a verse. And when we interviewed him, and I thought, and he and he talks about the Lord being a warrior. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a part of me, I thought, have I heard that before? I think I've heard that before. I wonder where that is. <laughs> so yeah. I came back, and, and I got on Logos, mm-hmm. which we use. And I looked it up, and then I looked. I cross-referenced it with my actual Bible, and I had already highlighted it. Oh, okay. So apparently that's how I knew it. This is Exodus 15, uh, the song of Moses and Miriam. And uh, it's verse 3 that says, The Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. Mm-hmm. I think the NASB says, the Lord, is a man, the Lord is a man of war, the Lord is his name. And the... And the Lord is his name is also translated as Yahweh, the self-existent one. So I just want to confirm for everyone that this is biblical. This is from Exodus. This is a song that was sung by Israel to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So if it wasn't true, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Lord would have dealt with them right then. Yeah. Right? I, so this is all true. So let's listen to um, the second section with uh, Micah talking about uh, motivating the church. What do you say to another pastor who's skeptical about, show, even not, not just the mind pollutants, yeah. but I mean, because I, I understand, and I understand, especially the quality, there it goes back to the quality issue of things, and, but, but especially for the mind polluters, and, and we've had pastors and you know, their elder board will watch it and they'll say, oh, no, we can't show that here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always this timid, this, this timid factor, this cowardly factor, Yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, because people, you know, you have whole congregations who are sending their children to fight battles that they're not equipped to fight. That's right. I, I, I've used the analogy before, um, knowing what you know about the Titanic and that it was going on a voyage and it was going to hit an iceberg and it was going to sink and you know hundreds of people were going to lose their lives. 
would you send your seventh grader onto the Titanic and say, okay, son, okay, daughter, the Titanic's gonna hit an iceberg, okay, in the middle of the night. So what I need you to do is I need you to get up to the bridge and tell that, that guy driving the boat, you know, tell, tell the captain, hey, uh, you need to watch out for this iceberg. Now, good luck. Like, I, I believe in you. I've trained you how to talk to captains and I've, I, you know that there's an iceberg coming. So good luck. We'll see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be back here on, on shore and I'm just going to pray that, you know, God gives you the courage and the ability to stand strong because you're going to need it. That's what we do when we send our kids in the public schools. And we, like we say, hey, for eight hours a day, you're going to be battling some of the most, you know, warped, left-leaning, demonic voices that this world has to offer. But we've trained you at home. Now I'm going to be back here where it's safe and, you know, in my, my church or in my home. And, but good luck, little Johnny. Good luck, little Sally. Like, I believe in you. We would say to the parent that sent their kid on the Titanic, knowing what they knew was going to happen, you say, we would say, how could you have done that? Now, for me, I would be more than happy to jump on the Titanic, knowing what I know now. I, I, I'm an adult. I, I have life experience. I have maturity. I have wisdom. I know how to interact with people. I believe I could get to that bridge and could convince the captain to alter the course so that they didn't hit that iceberg. I'm an adult, though. God has equipped me to do that. I'm a warrior ready for battle. We, we throw our kids into warrior-type situations all the time, and, and they are not ready to fight those battles. And then we wonder, what happened? Why did they walk away from the Lord? Why, how did someone get to them? How did they believe that? I never trained them. Yeah, you didn't train that. You threw them into a battle that they were ill-equipped and not ready to fight. And I've heard parents, I've been in youth ministry for many years, I heard parents say, well, I want my kids to have real world experience. And I'm like, well, you better be there with them. Okay, if you're gonna give them real world experience, you make sure that you're holding their hands every step of the way. But typically what that means is, I want my kid to have real world experience. I'm too lazy to actually do the hard work of parenting. I'm gonna trust that, you know, they're gonna learn how to be a light in a really dark place. And they, you know, they know Jesus and so they have the light. Yeah, but their light's pretty dim. It's pretty immature. They're not rooted in the word the way that a 40-year-old is rooted in the Word, right? Uh, and so that's what I would say to parents who do that and to pastors who, who, who are cowardly or who are scared to showing uh, you know, mind polluters or to speaking out on this topic. Um, I would say, going back to what I said earlier, you have to choose a camp. Are you going to be courageous? Are you going to be cowardly? Or are you going to be complicit? I'm okay with the cowardly pastors because I think they just need a little bit of... Uh, they need some courageous pastors to come alongside of them and say, hey, we got you. Just follow us in the battle. We'll show you how to fight, right? And then they'll start being courageous. So you have to, you have to learn where your pastor's at or like where, if you're talking to pastors, you kind of have to understand what camp are you in? Very quickly, you'll be able to tell, are you a courageous pastor? Courageous pastors talk like, like no other. I mean, they, you, you walk with warriors, the conversation's different. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't have to know you're walking with warriors because the conversation starts going from victimhood to being a conqueror. It's very, very evident when you're walking with Navy SEALs as opposed to those who are maybe in the reserves, right? Navy SEALs are well-trained, ready to go to any, any combat zone in this world and to inflict heavy casualties on the enemy. And not only are they ready for it, they're excited to do it. You know what I mean? Like now they're not, they're not warmongers. They're certainly not going and wishing for battles, but I think if you were to ask any Navy SEAL, hey, you're training, you're, you've got that trident, you've become a Navy SEAL, you're one of the top 
echelon of, of fighters in American war history, but you're never gonna go into battle. You're, we're, never, we're never gonna let you go to battle. What do you think that would do to the Navy SEAL spirit? They would probably say, well, I don't wanna do this then. If I'm never gonna go into a battle zone, what is the point? Why am I gonna go through hell week and, and do everything that you know, I need to do to become a Navy SEAL? They're excited to go into the battle because that's what they've been trained to do. So I would ask pastors, I'd say, pastor, are you like, are you like a Navy SEAL in the kingdom of heaven? Or are you someone who's afraid of the battle? Are you like the war horse in the book of Job that God talks about? I love that analogy. He tells Job, he says, Job, gird up your loins like a man. Like I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to talk to you. You've been whining and complaining because you think you know what's going on. But now I, the God of the, uh, God of the universe, am going to address you. So get ready. You, you better be a man here. And he says, where were you when I created all of this? Were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? And he gets to the point with the war horse. He says, were you there when I created the war horse that, that pounds its hoof when it hears the trumpet of battle being blown, that begins to snort with a passion and a, and a, and a, and a violence in its, in its spirit when it feels the arrows of the quiver, or the, the quiver of the arrows uh, hit, the, hit its side? Where were you, Job? Where, where were you? And I look at that and I say, Lord, I want to be like that war horse. Make me like that war horse. And, and we um, at Life Church, our lead pastor, his name's Nathan Peter now. When I first knew that this is where God was leading me is when I sat down with Nathan. I said, Nathan, we're in a battle. And he was, he was saying, would you consider coming to work with me? And, and I said, I don't think you want me on staff, Nathan, because I, I'm, I'm a warrior ready for the day of battle. I want to go to the hottest war zones where truth and lies are battling it out. And most churches don't want that. Most pastors run away from that. And Nathan looked at me, he said, Micah, God has given me the spirit of the war horse in Job. He said, not only are we ready for that, we're excited to go into the battle. And I, when I heard that, and I was like, man, that's somebody I can go into battle with. And he's become, he's become a brother from another mother. I mean, we are, we are warriors that go into the battle together. And it's amazing. The left, the cancel culture, the, the vitriol that's thrown at him and I every single day on social media or written about us in the press, we, we get together and we just kind of smile and we're like, this is exactly what we were made to do. It's like fish and water, baby. And I was like, I'm like, you ready to go uh, destroy some lies of the enemy today? And he's like, let's go, you know? And that's, that's what pastors need. Like the cowardly pastors need those courageous pastors to come alongside of them and say, hey, we got this, let's go. Got it. You know, we serve the God of war. The Lord is a warrior the Lord is his name, right? He's the great commander of heaven's armies. He's equipped men to stand up and to be masculine men, to be ready to go into the fight. So let's roll. And they just need, the cowardly pastors just need a few of those pastors to come alongside of them. All right, now the complicit pastors, those are the ones that I take issue with. Those are the whitewashed tombs. Those are the den of vipers that Jesus, the name calling that Jesus did was, was, was hurled at those complicit pastors, those Pharisees that, that said they were on God's side, but they were really working for the enemy. And Jesus called them out all day long and he went after him. And so that's a whole nother story. But, but we need courageous pastors to speak truth, to show mind polluters, movies like that, to bring speakers in like yourself and to, to educate and to inspire their congregation. I love the illustration that he gives about the war horse. Mm -hmm. um, I was, you remember Steven Spielberg did a film called War Horse that was based on 
It was based on a true story from World War One when the British were going to war against the Germans. And uh, there was, I, f- I found a, an accompanying documentary about the British war horses. And this was the last time in world history when horses were used in mass in battle. Mm. And they were, uh, if I remember right, the British army requisitioned, basically took mm-hmm. from the people uh, close to a million horses wow. to take to battle. And they have movie footage of them trying to, you know, so they had to not only train the men, but they had to train the horses <laughs> yeah. how to go into battle. And some horses were meant to go into battle, and a lot of them weren't. And horses so got, spook easily. Yeah, huh? <laughs> and they've got footage of them trying to get these horses onto the boat, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and some of them just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Some of them they'd have to resort to, to using a crane, and wow. and you know there was one of them they were talking about where the horse spooked and jumped over the side of the boat and the boat was already leaving. Wow! So the horse just drowned. They left it there, and uh, and it's such a good illustration because that's what you see with with people, but especially with pastors. There are mm-hmm. some pastors, and we talked about this with us. Yeah, <laughs> that we feel like. We have that spirit of the warhorse where we just look at it and go, let us go. Yeah. You know, let, let it begin. Let it begin. <laughs> We're, we, have been, we have been built for this, mm. to do this. It doesn't mean that it's easy, but it means that we have, we have given this to the Lord and said, you know. We're yes, obedient to the we're, call. We're obedient. You, you've given us the spirit to do this and we're going to be obedient. doesn't mean that we're not spooked from time to time, but we go. Mm-hmm. And then there are some who are afraid. There are a lot of people, I think, that listen to us and watch the films, especially a film like The Mind Polluters, and they're afraid. Mm-hmm. And it's okay, right? When you first learn this stuff, it is terrifying. And, and then there's that initial reaction of, what do I do now? Yeah. And that's, that's what we're trying to do as filmmakers is to say, it's okay. Okay, once you get over your initial shock, mm-hmm. then come alongside us. This is, this is how you battle this. Mm-hmm stand for truth. So, um, it's, and I just want to remind people to just keep us in your prayers. And, um, and if you are, um, willing to come alongside us and fight with us and support us financially, we could use your help because dysphoria is not an easy film to do, but we are warriors for the cause and we're going to get it done. That's right. One way or the other. So, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful, beautiful Tuesday. And we will talk to you again next week. And I just want to remind you, uh, all things Fearless Features at fearlessfeatures.org. And and again, from last week, watching The Mind Polluters will be available to stream for free on our website, October 19th through the 22nd. So we'll be sure to leave links for everybody uh, in the show notes also Oh, it's like, what are you doing? Where'd Sorry, my music I go? My button. <laughs> Yay, it's going to be free. Okay, we're back to the music. Well, <laughs> and the, the free Spanish version, that's available all month, the whole that's month right. of October. So right. if you have friends who speak Spanish, we are here sending these out. There's a link in the show notes for you. And again, last uh, last thing about the War Room Summit for the premiere release of Dysphoria. Be sure to go to dysphoriamovie.com. Well, also fearlessfeatures.org. Um, and 
be sure to sign up so you get all the notifications when tickets go on sale. That's right. You don't want to miss it. And if you are with an organization and you want to screen dysphoria, oh, absolutely. You a screening partner, you need to come to the War Room Summit. Absolutely. That's where you'll see it. All right. Thank you guys. Have a wonderfully blessed day. God bless you. We will talk to you again next Tuesday.